You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. It's episode 284 of the New Utah Podcast. Um, coming at you from a bunch of places this week because, uh, well, I'm just going to come out and tell you, I have COVID, uh, delicious, yummy COVID, fully vaccinated. And uh, Sunday I started feeling pretty crummy, um, like coughing all day, uh, sneezing quite a bit. Um, and this is after having gotten over my cold that I le- left Hawaii. Well, I don't with. know that you were fully over the cold. I was fully over the cold. It had been two it's... weeks and... What I had left with remainder cough, ever since I've had whooping cough, every time I get sick, my cough lasts fucking forever. And it's just usually a dry cough. And it's, But Sunday was very different. Sunday was a lot of coughing. And so um, we tried to go to Jeremy's house to do some Halloween stuff on Halloween. I wore a mask because I'm not an asshole. Um, I contemplated not going at all. We ended up only staying for an hour because of other things. Um, you had dinner, though. You got to have chili. I did get to have some dinner, which was yeah. necessary. It was kind of funny, though, right? Right after you left, all the kids started coming. Yeah. I mean, well, we, it wasn't really even close to dark yet while we were there. And right when we were leaving is when it was starting to get dark. So Yeah. Yeah, we definitely had more kids Saturday. But we still had a decent amount on Sunday. I called it, though. I knew Saturday would be the day. Oh, hey, speaking of, you guys have my uh, Harmon's bag still? Oh, yeah, we've got it. I was going to bring it tonight, but... Well, you know. Sucks to suck. I think (laughs) it's better that y'all stay away. Interestingly enough, so... um, I don't... It's not... Honestly, it's not that bad. It's it's like a bad cold with maybe... Maybe like mild flu, I have a little bit of aches. um, A cough that... Actually, the cough's been a lot better today. Although it's loud as hell. Like I'm upstairs in my upstairs office and he's downstairs and I can hear him coughing. (laughs) That's because that's how I cough. Uh, It's like I have like old man cough, you know. Are you doing the open mouth thing where you stick your tongue out like a little kid? No, that's weird. Why would you do that? But my my guy at work, Scotty, uh, was telling me that his daughters have been doing this thing where they don't they try not to like cough. And or sneeze, and so they hold it in, and they end up just having like tons of water in their mouth, like spill out when they finally have when it makes them. <laughs> He's like, I gotta teach them how to actually do it. Um, Play your eardrums doing that if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah, like holding well, it in like they're small children. Don't they'll learn. Blow their eardrums once or twice, they'll learn. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, like basically the whole gamer group has it. We're all vaccinated. We've all been vaccinated. We've been kind of in the same pod like the whole time, all of us, um, because we do a fair amount together. But yeah, pretty much everyone ended up having COVID. And we all got symptoms around the same day. Like all of us started having symptoms on Sunday. Uh, So we went the rounds, I guess. I don't know. That tells me that the vaccines aren't super effective long term. Uh, No, they're always, they keep saying about six months and then you got to get your booster. Well, that's what they say, and then the FDA said there's not enough evidence to warrant boosters for everyone. Um, Mostly just for people who are, or yeah, immune 
immunocompromised just because they may not um, build up as many antibodies. But I don't know. I just feel like because you guys are in such close proximity that it could just been somebody that was carrying it. But yeah, I mean the the thing is. The thing that's interesting to me is what we call a vaccine and what this really is. The CDC just changed their definition of vaccine a month ago. (laughs) But, you know, a vaccine is typically thought of as like something that grants immunity. So like the chicken pox vaccine. And some vaccines do require boosters after a few years or like tetanus is a... 10-year booster, basically. Whooping uh, cough that you need a booster for. Whooping cough you need regular boosters for. Um, but they provide immunity. Like, you don't... If you get an, if you get vaccinated for chickenpox, you don't get chickenpox. It's very, very rare. The vaccine for coronavirus seems to be just reduction in symptoms. It's kind of more like the flu, I think. Yeah, in a sense. Although it's not really likely that you get the flu either when you get the flu vaccine, unless they were wrong about the strain. That is prevalent in an area. So I don't know. Whatever. It feels like a bad cold. Honestly, if we wouldn't have known about coronavirus, it would have felt like a bad cold. And I don't think that, you know, outside of the people that get really, really sick, like this, I would have never thought was something strange. So get your vaccine, I guess. Get your shot so that you don't have bad symptoms. Because, yeah, none of the people that are sick in the gaming group have particularly bad symptoms. So. At least it happened after Hawaii and not before. Yeah, fuck. I mean, if it would have been during. like there before, I wouldn't have cared. But like during or right before would have been a huge deal for me because obviously, you know, we got married and whatnot. So, uh, but Halloween married and whatnot. Yeah, we did other <laughs> stuff. We didn't just get married. Um, Halloween. So not as many kids Sunday as there were Saturday. Welcome to weird Utah Halloween. Yeah, the weather was good though both days. So that's good. I mean, it could have been a little colder, but it wasn't too bad. Well, we were talking the other day, Bree and I, that we've had a really good long fall. Like usually by this time of year, we've had like, like our leaves don't drop fast enough and we get huge snows. Early or it's in the been season. like super, super warm and then the temperature just drops and then suddenly it's like summer to winter in a week. But, right. But yeah, we've had the we've had the official fall that my oldest daughter seems to define. Fifty-five to sixty. Yeah, with no snow. Or fifty to sixty-five <laughs> with no snow. She she called it. We have the ideal fall apparently in her eyes right now. So uh, anyway, she actually got her Colorado license plates today. Oh, she's official. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's I still switching. have a Utah license, and I was like, Well, I wouldn't change it until you have to. Uh, I was going to say she changed her driver's license, but no. So uh, what's this Radageddon thing? Oh, so Radageddon. So it's like Armageddon, but Radageddon. So anybody who's listened to this show at all knows that we've had rat problems this whole entire summer. So this weekend I decided it's finally time. So in the chicken shed, there's pallets with plywood over it on part of it. And that's where the rats have been living. And I've known it this whole time. But it's now that winter's coming in, I don't need them hibernating. So I went out there and I, I took everything out of the shed and I start lifting up boards one at a time. And then as it gets closer and closer to the back corner where I knew they would be, um, I kind of start to get apprehensive. I get to the back corner, I start lifting up, and a huge chungus goes shooting out. So it startled me. I mean, I was anticipating it, but it still startled it's me. It's still when a rat comes right at you. Yeah, right at you. So I go and I get the, <coughs> the big flat hoe. 
I start to lift. I don't up. think our listeners will appreciate you talking about massacring rats in your port. So if that's where this is going. You can just well, say gets, at the end good. there's a lot of dead rats. They don't want stories of you hoeing rats to death. Hoeing rats. Hoeing rats. Okay. Hold on up though. So so I so I, I get the I get the last piece and I flip it up and there's nothing. And I'm like, what? There's no way that was the only one. But I think, well, maybe we've gotten them because uh, there was one in the live trap. So I thought, well, maybe that's the last two. So then I take the rake and I start to rake things up and I start to hear the squeak, 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 squeak. And there's all these teeny tiny little babies like oh, you squirming. Found the nest. So I found the nest. So as soon as it starts squeaking, the chickens hear it and they all stop. They all like look at me and then they like pounce on it <laughs> and they're like flipping these little babies up and tearing them so apart. you had the chickens out while you were pulling all this up yeah well for that very reason so i counted about 20 before the massacre began but it happened so fast that i that's don't know that's not a massacre that's a feeding frenzy there's a difference <laughs> so there could have sure been more than 20 but i think we got the nest finally rat flavored eggs now is that how it works uh, just, just extra protein that's what I'm saying. So the eggs probably have a little bit better flavor. For the so maybe, maybe the next week or so of eggs will just be even bigger and delicious. <coughs> so anyway, so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that was it. But regardless, the whole floor is gone, so they've got nowhere to hide anymore. So are you going to put a floor back in there? Nope. Not for now. Just going to leave it open for the winter? Dirt. So half of it's been dirt since we put in the chickens anyway. So now it's just the other half. So it's just all dirt for now because I don't want them coming back. Yeah, I don't blame you. That did give them a place to, to live. What about on the backside in the little greenhouse that you built? So when we put up all of the Halloween stuff, that's where most of that was. So when I took the Halloween stuff out, same thing. It's just been dirt back there. So I raked everything down. You can see where they kind of come and gone, but they weren't living on that side. They yeah, were okay. living in that back corner. So okay. we got the nest, though. And it is full of, like, insulation and then all of oh, the yeah. stuff. That, all the that, shit that they take. That they've used to make the nest over the last however long. And I did find two mummified rats, probably ones that we shot last summer that, that, ran that got away and died. And then I found a skull that Julia took for her art stuff. So, <laughs> Weird. so that was our ratigatin. The chickens were happy and hopefully we're, the rats are gone. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have much else. Uh, to start the show, that's a pretty good intro. Um, we'll get uh, we'll get talking to our guest here in just a few minutes, and um, you know we'll bring you that and see how all that goes. Julia, do you have? Oh, you don't have cards. Maybe we'll do a card real quick. Ooh, yeah, this is going to do, do a card. I have cards. I guess Bree will have to pick. Nope, I'm picking. Oh, Chris is picking. Unless Bree really wants to pick. No, she <laughs> Bree doesn't care. Three had a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Well, this card will make you feel better. I'm sure of it. Well, probably. Probably. So far, oddly enough, most of them have actually pertained to our show. Which oddly. side do we read first, Julia? The white side or the... doesn't matter. You read the side with the circle. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, let me get my uh, cough out of the way here. Have you eaten? You are acting like a big-ass baby. <laughs> That is pretty true. I have not eaten yet. You need food in your belly. Eat a fucking taco. Sean's it's, eating tacos. It's Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. 
Eat a taco. I Tacos always sound good. I had scrambled eggs. They were the only thing that sounded good. So today, I, I made white chicken chili last night. So I had regular chili and then white chicken chili. Um, and then uh, I thought today, you know what sounds good to me? Uh, tater tot casserole. <laughs> so I think I'm going to get this stuff for tater tot casserole. Also, food. since I didn't have hot dogs... At Jeremy's house, and I had been waiting oh, for no. a week to have a hot dog. He, he puts them in a tortilla with with freaking okay, but here's American <laughs> cheese. It's so gross. That's what we had. We Look at Julia's face. That is exactly the face you should make when you hear that. We didn't have hot dog buns, and I wanted a damn hot dog, so that's how I in, ingested a hot dog. Um, that is not the first time you've done that. With though. American oh. cheese on it, though, that's so yeah. gross. Fuck yeah, that's the best that's way to have plastic. a chili cheese dog, too. No, it's good. It's got certain purposes. It's great on a cheeseburger, and it's also great on the hot dog. It's so good. I beg to differ, so, but okay. It was supposed to be fingered chili with the hot dogs in the chili, but the day got away from us because we did our uh, cupcake wars. That yeah, took a little bit longer I think you and Jonathan... From what I saw, I had plenty of time to help Heather since it looks like your cupcakes took about ten minutes. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe a little less. We, I think we got three votes. We came in dead last. We got two. Who's uh, who won? Was it Heather or was it Julia? Julia and and uh, Maya. Every year, I loved those. Every year you win, or every year yep, Maya wins. I'm the wiener. Do you guys each do one, or do you kind of like? work together or so I think everyone just did their own one for their theme that they picked I liked both of yours See, like I, I actually to be a like group effort yeah but there's yeah, but two cupcakes guys, and two people on a team like it and, makes sense to you and Jonathan maybe made a group effort but you weren't even close to the topic scream has zero to do with monsters yeah Whoa. it's just so, a person in a mask so Heather printed all of these movie villains and said, this is what we're doing. So Jonathan and I picked Scream. Everybody else like went off the rails. And so she yeah, said the, topic is the theme was monsters, dad. You had to pick I a know, monster. You are the but, only one that is confused by this theme. <laughs> it's because she we printed had this thing. spiders and ghosts and aliens and witches. And then dad did Scream. <laughs> because there was a pre-made knife out of Pondon, probably. Because <laughs> I remember seeing those damn cake decorations at one point. They got them at yep, Smith's he, was, he did the exact same thing last year, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what yeah, we it's call done. It was with the knife and something else. I, I think minimal last year was... Effort. I think we did uh, the, the shower scene last year. Anyway. Yeah. Minimal effort, Jeremy. <laughs> Doing the same cupcake for two completely different themes two years in a row is absolutely minimal. He just put on some frosting and was like, there, and just added the little decal. And we're over here, like, it's like the guy that wears fondant into shapes. Yeah. And it's like, yours, and, yours and Maya's was awesome. I loved it. It's Thanks. a lot like the guy that wears the shirt that says, this is my costume every fucking year. For <laughs> yep. That's the level of effort you put in. All right. Uh, joining us uh, this week is Nikki Nelson um, with uh, Cousin Ross Productions and then also CRFX. Is that right, Nikki? It is. I got both links, so you know, I figured one yeah, of them. I have, I have three different businesses, but <laughs> those are my two main ones. 
So, and I think that uh, that we found you or you found us because Julia likes to hang out with the folks at Oleo and the Bean Hole and Hello Bulk over at their market every week. And yeah, we miss she her. She found you there. Doing cool stuff. Yeah, we miss her. I miss her. She's the cat. Is that still going? Are they still doing the Saturday market or is that is that finished? No, they're going to be doing it all through November until they move into that building. Mostly because Oleo and the Bean Hole have no place of business, mm-hmm. per se. <laughs> they have no physical location. Because so. at, at least for Hello Bulk, they have the two different locations already yep. that are open. So. Yeah. Um, so let's just uh, let's get this out of the way early because I think it's the most important question that we ask our guests. And that is, what month were you born in? September. Oh, oh, December. So what part of the Yeah, month? what part of September? 27th. Oh, so, so you're, you're a, New a Year's Christmas baby. baby. Christmas baby. Christmas slash New Year. Somewhere oh, in that September, week. September, not December. No, that's yes. when you were conceived. conceived. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your, your parents <laughs> yes. had a great <laughs> Christmas slash New Year's. Twice, actually. So that's what my mom said. <laughs> so think, where were you born? Were you born here in Utah? I was Salt Lake City, Utah, LDS Hospital. Nice. So did you grow up in Salt Lake? No, Bountiful, Utah. Till I was 15. Nice. And uh, where'd you go at 15? I went to live in L.A. with my sister. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What was your sister um, doing? At, on Fairfax. <laughs> Went to uh, San Pedro High for a minute, and then came back to Utah. So why did you uh, why did you make the trek out to live with your sister? My parents uh, decided to separate, and they were really struggling. So I went to work for the summer at Music Plus. Uh, my my sister's roommate had gotten me a job there, so I'm like, yeah. Then I started school, and then my parents kind of, you know. Uh, decided to be apart for a while. They actually ended up getting back together after five years and were married for uh, 54 years before my mom passed away. So, Oh, wow. wow. That's impressive. They're, yeah. And then I <clears throat> graduated high school, went to uh, Northwestern University in Chicago, so I lived there. Oh, how did you go all four years at Northwestern? No, I only got two years in and uh, lost some of my scholarships and a poor little bountiful Utah girl. Was it uh, was it the hot summers or the cold winters that you hated the most in Chicago? Because they have both Chicago. extremes. Yeah, I I love every minute in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so so why Chicago? Why, why did you go there? Uh, because I got a full ride scholarship at Northwest. Oh, Northwest. just something you applied for, or was it somewhere you wanted to go? Or actually, it's, just... it's a quirky uh, situation. I was actually asked to play volleyball at uh, Colorado at university. And we went for a sports thing. Back then, girls' sports weren't really that big of a deal in college. It just was kind of a side gig. But mm-hmm. it was a lot of tuition at a D1 school anyway. So uh, anyway, the coach of uh, Chicago softball team came, was in Colorado. They, we were doing this whole sports thing and started talking about it, uh, asked for my information. It was Because I also played softball, but I wasn't playing college ball. And uh, and so then they uh, looked at my grades and what I was going into, uh, which was engineering. So um, <laughs> uh, 
So they're like, yeah, you want to come here? And I'm like, yeah, I'd much rather go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you studied yeah. engineering then? Yeah. So is that what you're Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. So, so what happens after you lost your scholarship there? You came back here and then what? Actually, I uh, was a nanny in Chicago for a little while. Oh. Uh, tried to stick around. Um, and then, you know, came home uh, and didn't know what I wanted to do. Went to work for my sister, who is still in business. She's uh, your downtown florist, especially for you. I've uh, oh, been in okay. business 32 years this year, this month, actually. Is this the same month. sister from California LA. or different sister? Same sister. She also came back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Utah's just like this vacuum. Just yep. like you, you get away and then you're back. <laughs> that's, that's why we love Utah. That's one of the reasons we love Utah. That's why we do a show about Utah. <clears throat> There's a lot I love about Utah. So did you end up going back to school at any point? I did. Uh, I, at this point, um, so with school, I actually ended up uh, breaking my jaw Whoa. and not being able to, to play. So um, I didn't quite know what to do with myself. I was going to go back if they could give me, but they did a physical and it turns out that I had degenerative disc disease. And during oh, that man. whole experience of being hospitalized had lost about six discs, discs out of my lumbar spine. Oh man. So how did you know? Was it playing? They were not going to play. It means I wasn't going to have any money. It means I could just be, you know, a nanny the rest of my life. And I uh, did not want to do that for the family I was looking for. <laughs> and so uh, I came home. And then at this point, I was trying to figure out, uh, the doctors had told me that I needed surgery. And if I didn't have surgery, that I probably couldn't, wouldn't be walking by the time I was 40. And I just, just kind of being a math brain and a science brain, I just didn't really think that that was the way it was supposed to be for me at the age of 21. So I yeah, started. That's, that's yeah, so I took a few classes at Salt Lake Community College, and then I went up to the University of Utah. Uh, got involved in anatomy, physiology, chemistry, biology, uh, religious studies, and then um, I finished off my religious studies. Actually, I had started that at Northwestern, and then uh, kind of started finding a way. Uh, went to physical therapy uh, school and became a physical therapist and I didn't feel like that was the right path so even though I had that I went ahead and went to massage school by this time I'd gotten married and had two kids and um, then by the time I got my massage license then I went and got my rolfing certification and then I uh, got my nutrition license started working with immunocompromised clients only and people with horrible uh disfigurations of, uh, of, uh, bone issues, spine issues, ligament issues, mucous membrane issues, digestive issues. And then that's kind of all she wrote, except that I, I really never actually stopped going to school, but um, yeah, I don't know how you did. You just told me you went to school for mechanical engineering, physical <laughs> massage, nutrition, religious, religious studies. studies. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so you are a registered nutritionist? And I didn't believe in religion, and I wanted to know why. So that's why I took religious studies. 
What? So, so are you a registered nutritionist as well? Then I am. It's a certification. It's not a. It's not a license. It's a certification. So, I am. Yeah. And I usually obsessed with nutrition lately. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I can kind of read about. I can kind of read what somebody needs, how their physical body has reacted to whatever they've done, and so it comes in handy to be able to deal with nutrition with whatever type of physical exercise they need. I work with paraplegics um, doing yoga and digestive therapy. So those things are really important to me. So are you, you know, you had a uh, really bad degenerative disc disease at uh, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're doing a lot of work with people probably in a similar situation. Do you still have really bad back problems or have have those things been somewhat corrected? I mean, obviously, degenerative disc disease doesn't really go away. No, nope, it doesn't. However, <laughs> uh, the reason I have all of those things and I went to school for all of those things is because after I discovered that certain things helped, then we started diving into more things like nutrition and how important that is and how to rebuild some of those tissues. You can't ever get the bursa back. You can't get the discs back, but we can stabilize the spine and elongate the spine and stabilize it in that position. But it takes nutrition to do that. And then, uh, so that's how, as as I went through my, my journey led me through anything that I went to school. And then it drew people to me that have all of those same problems. I've never advertised. I've never marketed. And uh, I I'm not doing massage therapy anymore, but I had, you know, uh, 40 to 60 clients a week for about 18 years. So Wow. In the last that's, couple of years, I've maybe done like 10 to 15 a week. So that's uh that's wild. That's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> so how did you and your husband meet? He was uh, from Milwaukee. His parents, while he went to LA to work, um, as a lifeguard, uh, his parents moved to Utah. So he came to Utah to visit his parents and decided he didn't want to go back to Milwaukee, didn't want to go back to L.A. So he decided, oh, I'll do some schooling here. He went to Weber State for uh, about six months before he joined a fraternity, Pi Kappa Alpha, and then brought some of his friends down to Salt Lake. At that time, there were squatters and the Zephyr and Porter oh, yeah. Hall. And, um, and so, uh, we, I used to work across the street at the flower shop, but was in the Peary hotel mm-hmm. and right. I used to go to the Zephyr pretty much, you know, all the time for music. So mm-hmm. I was kind of the designated driver. People would call me from whatever bar they were at, ask me to take them someplace else. But I was at a live show pretty much every night back in those days. That's awesome. And so I was on my way to the bar and grill over on a seventh or eighth South. I think it was seventh, maybe it was mm-hmm. eighth. Uh, back in the day and to pick somebody up from the Zephyr and I walked out and uh, oh no that's not true sorry that was late that was like the second time the first (laughs) time I met him I was on a date with the drummer from uh, the Dead Cats which was a band that I went to visit a lot I didn't want to date him we'd been friends for about three years he, his uh, fiance broke up with him. Didn't, uh, they were going to get married in Montana. She left him at the altar. And so he was down back in Salt Lake. And uh, so finally he's like, Nope, I just don't think women and men can be friends. I'm like, okay. So we went on a date that night. Uh, This 
guy was walking across the street. He was about three heads shorter than the guy he was with. It was very noticeable. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and, and uh, he came over and started talking to Andy. So he knew Andy too. And it was uh, our friend Woody, who was about six, eight, and they were in the special forces. Uh, Aaron also joined uh, the army while he was here. And so he uh, was in the 19th group. So um, they were wandering over to the Zephyr and uh, they, we started talking to him and I just kind of knew the little short guy was my man. So, <laughs> even though we just got divorced, but still that was 28 years ago. So that's a whole other story. That's that's a long time though. 28 years is a long yeah. time. Yeah. We had three kids. Uh, my oldest is 27, just got married last month and my baby's 17. So. Wow. So you got the full spectrum there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so how are you tied to Cousin Ross Productions? All right. So, uh, I work specifically with people with immunocompromised system and paraplegics, which are also compromised. So, when the pandemic hit, I didn't have any work. <laughs> uh, I also teach yoga. I'm uh, certified in Anyasara Yoga, 200 uh, training hours. And I had started teaching that and incorporating that into my client's thing because it was amazing what it added to their therapy. And I couldn't do any of those things. So um, I have a retirement, but it's not really a huge amount. So uh, I uh, was talking to my boyfriend uh, and didn't quite know what to do. I'm really into zero waste. And I used to have a printer. I used to get all my printing done at the prison. They used they worked they were amazing. They would work with me on sustainable uh, uh, substrate, and they would let me bring my own stuff down to have it printed on. And yeah, they made, could I, do that. Yeah, they and they still do it. Kind of cool. Yeah, about two years ago, they moved their printing business, the printing system down to Gunnison. Oh. So I lost my printer. And I couldn't find another printer that would let me buy the substrates in the gigantic rolls and then have them print my stuff just on that uh, because I wanted recyclable or recycle. And mostly I just wanted it from made from recycled materials or biodegradable. They wouldn't do that. And they also wouldn't uh, heat press on, um, as you can see, they wouldn't let me. This is the shirt that I mostly got done with them, besides all of my daughter's sports team. But they did all of our printing, all of our apparel, all of our screen printing, all of our heat presses, all of my journals. Um, and so I didn't quite know what to do. So, uh, we were just hanging around one day and I started looking at HP, uh, these wide format printers. And I just had gotten some money from the house, the sale of our house. And, um, I'm like, eh, I think it's time to, um, start a printing business and print our own stuff and really zero in on the zero waste and carbon, you know, trying to reduce the carbon footprint of printers. And uh, HP was way ahead of their time. They started using uh, recycled materials back in the 70s. Um, and they make their machines out of recycled other, re other machines and plastics that are recycled from other sources. Um, and the, uh, the heat's recycled. There's no uh, volatile organic compounds. So I'm like, screw it. We're going to open a printing business, print our own stuff. And no one told HP about their ink cartridge program. No one told HP about their non-refillable ink cartridges, though. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> they recycle them. <laughs> Not as cartridges. That's what no, my printer's yeah. made of. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That's why they do it, so they can make second printers. So that's where cousin Ross came from. And my boyfriend is Ross. He is not my cousin, thank God. (laughs) But he is a Ricks, uh, as in Ricks College, Rexburg, Idaho, uh, polygamous. So he has about a thousand cousins, and they all call him cousin Ross. He's kind of a favorite among them. So, uh, and uh, my business was Cognizant Reconstruction and CRFX. And Cousin Ross was also CR, so I'm like, Cousin Ross it is. So we went with Cousin Ross. <laughs> it's a good name. Good way to name it. <laughs> yeah. So you're dating your cousin. <laughs> I live in Utah. <laughs> so how did you go about building your clientele for this, where you had so many other things going on? How were you able to pinpoint customers for this, prog- or for this program you were working on? Um, so I have been living a very sustainable life for about 20 years. I'm very familiar with the businesses in town that I could do business with, that I felt good doing business with. So I just went to them first. I just said, hey, this is what we're doing. We're starting. So it was November of last year. Uh, We're going to start this printing company. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to print banners and window perfs and stickers and uh, we're going to do apparel and, uh, you know, what what can we do for you? And at this point, I didn't really know the pricing thing. We kind of thought it would be more expensive. But to be honest with you, it's not more expensive. I also have uh, a lot of um, uh, artists that I've worked with uh, in the past just uh, to find. Uh, so I, I do a lot of uh, business. I used to do a lot of business support. I'm really great at bringing other businesses up. I've never really, uh, with my massage business and my yoga business, I've never had to do that because I've just had a referral clientele forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Printing wasn't the same. And so um, uh, I realized I kind of like sucked asking people for support, you know, <laughs> whether it was social media or whatever it was. But I do realize that that 20 years of me spending time working with people on reducing emissions, reducing waste, um, that it mattered. And then, uh, so Jamaica from hello bulk was one of yeah. those. Um, and I, and I knew Derek and Jen from Oleo also, I'd been, I've only been working, you know, I'd only been buying from them for a couple of years, but Jamaica, I, uh, when I first heard she was opening, I was there the first week she opened down in her little tiny warehouse over, uh, by pioneer square. <laughs> so I was there from the day she opened. I was very excited to support her. So, um, And then came the neighborhood hive, Uh, came this opportunity to be with these people uh, that had some of the same ideals I did and uh, were really amazing people that uh, were funny. They also drank alcohol. That's always a fun. (laughs) So like, it was just great to find this group of people. So and we thought the market might help us kind of figure out how to reach out to other people and promote what we do sustainably. And also it just sounded like fun to go hang out with people on Saturdays. Like we had, there was 22 vendors there this weekend. It was, oh, wow. That's really good. I haven't been there in a few weeks. And just so many people in that neighborhood and to support community. 
uh, my tagline for CRFX is self-community world. You know, we get ourselves comfortable, let's start listening to the heart a little bit, uh, tell people to fuck off when we need to. And once we get to that point, we can start adding to our community. And it's only a, it's that trickle up effect that once you do the self, then the community comes a lot easier. And that's where this, that's what this community is with them. So then, you know, go out and save the world. <laughs> that's awesome. I know you did some stuff with Julia, uh, with some <laughs> of her artwork. Yeah. And I got to listen to the podcast with your art teacher from junior high, Mr. Brown. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite episode thing. so far was the Bonneville flat story. I totally dug that. That was fun. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, and, and so with, we have about eight artists and I haven't printed any more of Julia's stuff just cause we haven't seen her around, but, um, when, <laughs> uh, so the stuff at market, uh, this weekend, again, at first I was having a different artist every week with us and we were printing their things on recycled canvas, uh, you know, the biodegradable stickers, the recycled the stickers. Uh, but now we're doing beer koozies. We've got the shirts. We've got a lot of stuff. And I have some of Julia's stuff on shirts still. Uh, I was hoping we would sell some of the fun ones uh, for Halloween because, you know, they kind of fit in. But uh, it was the See You in Hell shirts that kind of took the weekend. So. <laughs> I have a See You in Hell shirt that has red hearts all around it. And it's really sweet. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of took the weekend, all the tote, uh, tote bags and stuff, too. So, so adorable. Yeah, I like you. But we're also sister witches. So that uh, made an instant connection, and we were able to do that. Julia has a wide range of artistic abilities. Um, stemming from you know her her witchiness, so it works out great. I prefer the see you next Tuesday shirts personally. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I prefer see you next Tuesday shirts. Those are my, uh, oh, my go tos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do every day of the week. Yeah, the see you in hell with the red hearts. Just kind of everybody kind of looked at it and they kind of resisted. I guess you know. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cute. So that took the weekend. So what is uh, what's your like long term vision and goals? You know, as stuff kind of opens back up and um, you know, COVID restrictions have eased a little bit, and maybe people are a little more getting used to what we have to do to live with it. You know, what are your your plans for the future? I mean. Are you going to push everything into the printing business? Or are you going to keep trying to run the CRFX stuff as well the, and, and doing some of the uh, work you were doing before COVID hit? I, will, I can never stop doing that work. Um, it's a calling. It's built off of a gift. I've literally tens of thousands of hours studying and working with people. I uh, won't ever stop that. Uh, it's evolved into more like workshops um, and then a retreat every year. I think that will stick with that uh, model for that part of the business. And uh, plus Ross is an amazing support. Uh, he also, we, we are Cousin Ross Productions, not just because we make stuff, but he's also a musician. He's in a couple different bands. Uh, he's in a, an original band now where they're writing a bunch of material now. But um, And then he's in a little bluegrass band. But he also uh, hosts music festivals. 
And so part of that production is he'll continue to do that. I will continue to do the yoga stuff and the retreats and the workshops. And, you know, I make everybody cry and really kind of question themselves. And then their life you know, gets better after that. I'm, I just don't <laughs> think I could. I, I, I can't. I, I, I'll probably be 90 uh, if I make it that long um, and still do that. Uh, to be in the nursing home making all the other old people cry. Yeah. <laughs> cry and be like, you can start a new life today. Like, I know you're 95. But I know you have Crohn's disease and the colostomy bag, but man, today can be better. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah, here's our, uh, the still little. You got at least the rest of today. Yeah, there's always the rest of today. Well, I don't know. There's not always the rest of the day. Some people <laughs> die at noon. That's okay. That's the rest of their day. That's, That's all true. they did. Just if you tell them that at 11, they still got a solid But if you tell hour. them that at 11.55, that's not very long. Hey, five minutes is five minutes. You know, true. They still have their <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there it was 10 seconds or 10 years. So it's good to have a little sense of morbidity in there. Thoughts, knowing that a lot of the people they work with are. Struggling. I'm just a huge pessimist, so. That's good, right? Yes, Chris probably has the uh, half uh, full, and you have the half empty. That's a whole fucking glass. I got like the fucking <laughs> glasses overflowing most of the time. Yeah, he's he's pretty optimistic. He thinks everything's always going to be great, and I think everything's always going to be horrible. He's like, I should get a COVID test. Because you have COVID. I'm like, you know, symptomatic. Well, I'm going to get one anyway. But then I was negative, but now I have symptoms today. So I was like, now I probably have to go get another one. She's like, so I'm going to have really bad COVID. I'm going to end up in the hospital. I'm like, no, you're not. And then when I get good, and then when I'm fine, then I'll be super happy. <laughs> uh, I, my dad ended up, he's 84. Uh, you know, he just retired from doing cement work two years ago. He wasn't sure he wanted to retire 100%, so he kept one backhoe and he d- digs holes for people. But uh, he uh, didn't get sick, but his girlfriend did, and uh, she had a fever and all this stuff, so they decided to go get tested. We had just stayed with them in Charleston, South Carolina, in the same rental. She came back negative. He came back positive. So we all went and got tested. And uh, myself and my two kids uh, that uh, were with us, and um pat were positive and my boyfriend ross like totally negative and he was with us in the same place and the car on the drive home lives in our house went through the whole 10 days staying in the house with us that was so much uh, <laughs> it's but, crazy uh, how you but have a household and one person or two people will get it and nobody else will and we've been careful the whole time because my daughter-in-law like if she gets any kind of sick she has a really high chance of dying but if she gets COVID, which is a mucous membrane, affects mucous membranes, she has like a 70% chance of morbidity. She would die. Oh, man. So we can't get her sick. So um, we've all been very careful to be able to, to stay in touch with her. So we don't, we don't want that to happen. So, And here we all got it. But luckily, we were asymptomatic. Except I did have the smell and tasting. Boy, is that a trip. Yeah, I don't know if I could handle that. I was telling Bree, I think I'm like – Today I felt like maybe my he taste was eating was Jolly like, Ranchers and he thought his taste was going, but then he put a grape in his mouth and it, it tasted, tasted like fine, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just too much sugar in a Jolly Rancher and the grape was better. It is just the one thing that I'm the like. 
I could have no other symptoms, and just that one would make this the worst disease I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I had it. It was super, even textures uh, feel differently when you can't taste or smell them. I spray rose water on myself a lot, and I'm like, I can't smell that. <laughs> that was terrifying. Just don't spray it in your mouth. It's really overpowering. And then she didn't know she can taste meals, it. And everybody's like, because no, nobody else had that, that symptom, and they're like, <laughs> like crying from the amount of heat the food. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell. <laughs> so with the stuff that you make with your with your printing, What's the one thing that you enjoy producing the most? If you had to pick one thing. Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, what? Okay, I'm sorry. You <laughs> to be more specific on your enjoyment level, like like shirts or stickers, or that kind of thing. Enjoyment, yeah. or like it's. It's easy and it flows well, and I whistle while I work, type of thing. Well, I think uh, both. Like both? Yeah, Why not? There's two. Like, you know, yeah. my, my Humankind Be Both shirts, I've been selling those for 25 years. Uh, they always make me happy. Every time I peel that heat press off and put it on a shirt, and it makes me happy. But, um, uh, but I also like, I, I love working with the artists. I don't know. And then I also, I mean, I do like our new beer koozies. They're recycled uh, scuba uh, oh, clothes made into neoprene beer koozies. That's cool. <laughs> With Space Jesus on them. Yeah, he has great freaking hair. Everybody. Is that Space Jesus that was on there? That's Ross. Yeah. Oh, that's not Jesus. That's kind of around. <laughs> it looked like Space Jesus. Yeah, he does. He's better. He's probably more Mediterranean. Can I tell you a funny story about Ross, though? Yes, sure. do. You know about all those cousins I was telling you about? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been into the house, a Mormon household or a Catholic household or a religious household that has a picture of Jesus? White we got Jesus. One. Yeah, we, right? got white, we got white Jesus. I can't decide if it's Catholic or Mormon Jesus. It's though. definitely not Mormon Jesus. Mormon Jesus is very specific. This is not a joke, but Bob Ricks is the model for white Jesus that's on everybody's freaking wall. That's Ross's brother. So it must brother. be Mormon Jesus. Yeah, it's that. not the one for mine. <laughs> Let me go see. Kind of the red-headed Jesus. Yeah, yeah Ross, that's like actually Ross's With the little like, goatee thing. So that Jesus, every time I see it, I'm like, hey, Bob, what's up? You know? <laughs> what's up, Bob? <laughs> yeah, that is not the, that's not the Jesus we have in our house, babe. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus, <laughs> that's okay. Bob. Okay, so now I'm going to call him Bob instead of Space Jesus. Hey, Bob, what's up? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, he rides a Harley Davidson. Yeah. That's he's, the way Jesus would have wanted it. Yeah, he wasn't. He could be in an Astro van, but he's definitely on a Harley Davidson. Well, <laughs> if he was really where he was from in Jerusalem, he was black. Let's just be. Yeah. Let's just be. Which is why Bob kind of looks like Jesus. It's forbidden. There was no. There was no white about Jesus back then. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Jew. He's Mediterranean. He yeah. literally was born in Israel. By Probably a super years. hairy. I got those Mediterraneans are so hairy. Yeah, yeah, they like are. The, they're like the Italians, you know, like the hairy chest. Like, <laughs> but he just had robes, so that was like and the, the gold chains like, and the tracksuit. Yeah, he didn't have gold chains. His tracksuit was a robe back then. But. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. The thing is, all our listeners that are of any sort of religion know how completely sacrilegious all of us are. So. <laughs> well, good. I fit right oh. up. 
I really hope that they bring Space Jesus back, though. I hope that they don't lose Space <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure that they'll use the statue. I just don't know that they'll put space behind him. They should. That's then the he won't show. be Space Jesus anymore. You know what we're oh, talking is that the about? Jesus that you have? Have you ever been to the? Uh, have you ever been to the? Uh, uh, the visitor, visitor center, center for, at, at the, the temple. Salt Lake. Temple? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's Jesus space. That's space Jesus. Celestial behind him. Oh yeah. Because so it looks like he's in space. Jesus, but he's holding a a V twin motorcycle engine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys, a picture. It's, a it's so good. So, Nikki, we have another question to ask you before we let you go for the evening. Um, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Um, me. Just kidding. <laughs> unique thing? Damn. Have you guys ever been down to that uh, festival at Thanksgiving Point where everybody dresses up? Kind of the cosplay thing. What's it called? It's like a Victorian time and they do... They live out these stories Evermore? and act characters, huh? Evermore? What is it? Are you talking yes. about Evermore? Evermore. Uh, That's freaking interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I actually, uh, I uh, vi- uh, make a point. So I, I do open heart hikes where we lead out and do uh, find a watery place in a beautiful place and do some paddle boarding, do some self-discovery. And we hike and we try to find weird things. One of my favorite things is down in one of the canyons in Capitol Reef where um, the, uh, at the time, it, the canyon hadn't washed out when the, when the reservoir, when the dam broke uh, before, oh no, it was before they dammed it. And so the ground was up very high and all of the construction workers had, you know, carved their name into the rocks. And then as, the, as they built the dam and, and they let the river go, the, the, everything receded and then there was, this writing, you know, 50 feet, but it was in English just by, you know, a couple of construction guys, which is kind of funny. So I don't know. It's kind of like that uh, thing. I also love, um, you know, how many uh, places you can go that you can actually find places people haven't walked before, you know, it's kind of nice. It's like Alaska almost in some ways. Yeah. There's some definite massive untouched desert. You will find one path out there somewhere, which is where Josh Powell took Susan to dump her body. (laughs) So when you find that path, let people know Susan's parents are still looking. <laughs> yeah, what's yours, Chris? What's your uh, unique thing that you love about Utah? I don't remember what I said way back when. Uh, what was it? Sim Gill asked us once. Yep. Um, I don't remember what I told him. You know, for me, it's I, I've been all over the country. I traveled for work for a long time. I've been to almost every state in the union. And... Uh, I always wanted to come back home to Utah, and it's because Utah has, you know, particularly in Salt Lake and the Salt Lake Valley, I am 30 minutes away from everything but the ocean. If I want, like, sand duny style desert, I've got that out at, like, the Knolls and Sand Mountain. Uh, If I want, you know, deep woods and forests, I have aspen forests and I have pine forests, you know, 30, 45-minute drive away up in the mountains. Um, you know, I have lakes, I have rivers, you know, you can go to down the Provo river. I can go down the Red Rocks a little bit further than 30 minutes, but it's not that far. But it's uh, not that far. No. You know, Tori's three hours away and I freaking love that side of Capitol Reef. Yeah. It, it, it's we, have just, a, we have a cabin up in the Uinas, uh, uh, not about, about uh, 20 miles away from Mare Lake. We've got a cabin mm-hmm. up at Mare Lake, uh, well, not a cabin, but, a. uh, 
place where we can stay. Um, that's we'll have a cabin at some point. Uh, we've been going to Bear Lake all of our whole lives. I, I agree. Mm. Even if it's further than 30 minutes, it's like literally everything that makes my heart happy is in Utah. Yeah, you're so close to everything. And if you want, I mean, like what you said, there's lots of places that you can go that no one's been. But there's also places you can go that plenty of people have been that are just here, like just walking the Jordan River Parkway. Like there, yeah. there are, it's a beautiful trail with a lot of really beautiful stuff and you forget that you're in the middle of a giant urban population sometimes when you're there. You know, we, we've... Huh? Did you play disc golf? Uh, n- no, because there's a great there's a great disc golf course down by the Jordan River. I probably have <laughs> there. Rod yeah. for sure has a handful at least. I, I love that it. Jordan River Parkway. I've though. played it before, but I wouldn't say I'm a disc golf player. So anybody who picked up one and shot it towards the basket is a disc golf player. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that for me, at least. Jordan River, though, has all that stuff to offer. I do love it. Yeah. That's right. I hate to hear about those when they show up. Those only happen sometimes. Those are mostly closer to the Salt Lake area. Like, it's fine. (laughs) There is like this weird, I've talked about this before, but there's this weird like RV graveyard that's out off of like the Jordan River. It's like, um, I just know about it because our data center is by there on DeLong Street. Um, Yeah. But there's like all these like defunct RVs uh, that are just like piled up right along the river there. So it's like uh, Fifth South and like I don't know what DeLong is. DeLong is like uh, something west. Twenty no, yeah. twenty no, something west. Like by twenty seventh west. west. Like a half a mile west of Redwood, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like twenty seventh yeah, west and like and like Fifth South, Fifth Sixth South. south. There's this like long stretch of Jordan River and it's kind of undeveloped by it. It's kind of by like between I-80 and like where it crosses across 215. And there's just like all these defunct RVs, like really old RVs. And there's tons of homeless people that hang out there. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of homeless people that live in the RVs. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I'm pretty sure that's where most of the bodies come from is that area is all I'm saying. Honestly, if I were to give you my business plan that I wrote 20 years ago, I, 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 I feel the same way now as I did then. I I wish I could have that building on 7th South. It used to be an old mechanic shop, but I wanted to have, a, a, you know, um, yeah, yoga studio. Yeah, some room to do that kind of stuff. Have a little cafe. Have a local chefs that come in, community kitchen. Like the neighborhood hive is about two-thirds of what we were talking about. <laughs> but also, uh, I... You know, I was like, I want to, if I were to become a millionaire, I would just buy a bunch of houses, maybe build a community of homeless people where they can just kind of rotate through, get some job skills. You know, maybe half of them could teach yoga. The other half could make some cookies. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> well, if we can figure out how to get the tiny house thing really working so that we can put those communities up in places, that would be the perfect kind of space for Yeah, I just like to buy and have places for them to do that you know I, I get it they're all not there just because they uh you know ran on hard times but so what like they're still like the humanity is really yeah there's still people yeah humanity is missing and i spend a lot of time i've worked downtown uh most of my life i also managed at green street social club and um and during that time at green street and especially for you for the past 30 years off and on Man, they just tore down our old place where our flower shop was for the majority of the time. I, you know, we were in business. Um, just uh, 
Otto, who used to own the Zephyr, owned that little building mm-hmm. on between 2nd East and 3rd East, and that just got torn down. That was sad. Yeah, but, uh, also, a lot of that. yeah, I know. But uh, just just something where, you know, they did, I don't know. I, I believe that humanity is a much better way to save the world than um, where we're headed now. But So I hope to accomplish that someday. We, and we'll have a print shop in the back now. <laughs> print cool shit for artists, banners, walls, decals, you know, all the cool stuff. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us uh, this evening, Nikki. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, you guys. How can people get a hold? How can people get a hold of you if they want things printed or need your other services? Uh, I think uh, I'm still in the whole phone world, so eight zero one four seven one four two eight three. Or uh, Instagram is probably the easiest place because I get a notification. So if I get a message on Instagram at Cousin Ross Productions or CRFX, I'll get right back to you. Those kind of things are way uh, easier for me. And it also um, allows me to talk to people and really figure out what they're looking for. And usually we can make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll try and link out uh, their their website and Instagram and everything on our site. And um, if you guys liked what you heard, please share it. That's what helps us more than anything. Uh, you can follow us on social media at TNU Podcast uh, on all of them. Uh, and then uh, our website, thenewutah.com, will we'll have a lot of those links and stuff for you as well. So uh, really appreciate uh, giving us your ear and listening to me cry through COVID. So. <laughs> Cry I do want to do a quick Is that what the name shout of out. Chris crying through COVID? <laughs> quick shout out to Folk Hogan. They do our intro and outro music. They're actually having uh, a concert this weekend, Friday, November 5th at the ABCs, which is 190 West Center Street. So go check them out. They're amazing. Yeah.